ladies and gentlemen. Okay, um, this one's going to be a little bit shorter. We're going to talk about Dominion as an employee. Uh, so we've talked about uh, Dominion in the workplace. We've talked about having a battle plan. We've talked about how to have Dominion over yourself. Um, are you singing joyfully? Are you... Um, uh, pretending, <laughs> I love that, like, hey, are my, I don't feel like being righteous today, I don't feel like loving my wife today, and so I'm going to ask my, myself the question, um, what would a godly man be doing right now, and I'm just going to do that, um, and it is, uh, it is funny that when you are just faithful, um, God often gives you the heart to uh, follow that up, that's fantastic, so take dominion over yourself, take dominion over your workplace, have a plan, um, don't just sit back and hope that everything's going to be fine. Keep your head down. That's not what God calls us to. Um, God calls us to um, be happy warriors who are being the most excellent employee, who are the most excellent business owner, um, who absolutely have a plan, who know who our allies are, who have a labor lawyer ready to go, um, are um, the type of person that they would be um, really sad to fire. Um, because you are the best, the most cheerful, hardest working employee, um, but you will not move on this one issue. Um, that's the type of person that we want to be. And then we need to go out and part of our backup plan is start a business today. And we have lots of reasons to start a business because um, we, are, um, we, are cre we are creatures who are made by the great creator. We are producers. Um, starting a business, you can work with your kids, with your family, um, is uh, a joy that you have no idea how much fun it is if you haven't done it yet. Um, it really is a fun thing, and it's super duper hard, um, and you should do that. So, uh, last thing I'm going to do is encourage you as you think about I'm in the workplace, I am seeking to take dominion of the workplace, I want to be the best employee, and I want to take dominion here because. You know, if you are uh, work for the government, for instance, it's going to be hard to completely make the government think as a Christian employer anytime soon. But you can have some goals um, for your group, for your community, um, and then be able to focus on that. And so these are some things that I have encouraged employees over the years. If you want to take dominion and be extraordinary at work, these are things that are going to allow you to do that, which puts you in a position to speak into the lives of other people. Because then if you're a manager, you get to manage those everlasting souls, um, and it is a great joy to be able to do that. So I would encourage Christians <clears throat> to take a step back and look at their career. Um, it's easy as men to just focus on, um, I'm going to work, I'm doing my job, and then I'm coming home. Um, you need to take a step back and what am I actually accomplishing? What will uh, 50 years from now, 100 years, 250 years from now, when I'm gone, what will have been accomplished um, because of the work that I'm doing? Am I supporting my family so my kids are learning how the dad, my, their dad is working really hard? Um, am I building a family legacy, um, either financially or uh, for my kids to understand hard work so that their grandkids have the right legacy? Um, am, I, um, am I leading people at work in such a way that they're going to become more godly Christian people because they worked for me? Um, so you need to be able to take a step back. Think, okay, what is the point of my career? It's not just to make money. Making money is a good thing. We're capitalists. We're a big fan of that. But what is the point of my career? What am I trying to accomplish? And when you do that, um, you're going to find that you're going to have a lot more clarity on whether you should stay there, whether you should be striving for a promotion so that you can make bigger waves when you act like an unapologetic Christian at work. 
um, when you, or if you need to leave, right? But you have to take this step back, go take your wife out for a very nice dinner um, and talk about your career and get her input as well um, because she needs to be part of this because this is gonna have huge ripple effects in your family. Um, but you wanna think about your career and your ability to run a business as something that should have um, generational impact, not just something where I'm just trying to pay the bills this month. Um, I think that's great. Um, you, I mean, I talked about Robert Netsley and what he's doing with Inspired Investing, right? He is making huge impacts um, and took a huge risk to do that, but he kind of took a step back and be like, okay, I need to be doing something more than just paying my bills. So um, as an employee, you want to be able to step back and then just look at what success looks like. Um, one of the football coaches uh, at Logos, uh, Jason Elmore, is a great guy, and he tells all the guys, you want to be happy warriors, right? Um, this is, um, a, and he tells them constantly, you're going to go and try and kill people on the football field, and you want to do it really happily. You want to be happy warriors out there. Well, if we're in a culture war, and uh, I hope that by now you're convinced that we are, we're in a culture war, then we need to be thinking of ourselves as happy warriors. And so um, don't be the grumpy guy at work who is just saying no to everything. I mentioned that a second ago. Uh, be a happy warrior, someone who's actually pushing, striving, and everybody looks to you because they know that, man, you're unflappable. Um, and Christians should be able to be unflappable because we know that God is in heaven and that we have, that our career is not our life. We are defined by our relationship with Jesus Christ, not by your career. And as guys, it's really hard because you can be defined as your career, and that makes it a lot harder to make these hard decisions. And so you need to realize that your career is not the defining feature of your life. It is a big part of your life, um, but it is not the defining feature of your life. And so um, you need to be a happy warrior at work. You need to be the type of person who's willing to strive and just do it with a smile and cheerfully, right? Think of yourself as Babylon B in the workplace. Um, so don't be afraid of making a joke while you're holding the line on things. You don't have to go and start dumpster fires everywhere in the workplace, but you do need to um, be unflappable. And only Christians can truly be unflappable because we know that we have a Savior and we have God in heaven and we serve him. And so it's bigger than us. And so you don't have to uh, worry about what people are thinking about you. So you want to be a happy warrior. Um, I would also encourage you as an employee to start thinking like an owner, thinking like an owner. So um, I've told many employees over the years to think like an owner because I want is as an employer, you want to be in a position where your employees leave. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but um, if you're an employer and you're trying to hold on tightly to all your employees and make it really difficult for them to leave, they're probably going to leave anyway. Uh, Pastor Wilson is fond of saying if you hold on to things really tightly, God can still take them out of your hands. He's just going to break your fingers on the way. Whereas if you hold them like this, sometimes you get to keep them anyway. And so you want to be in a position where you're growing people up, helping them and be willing to let them leave. And so I encourage all of my employees to think like owners because I want them to go out and own things. Um, we're Christians. We should be leading culture, not just being employees. It's okay to be an employee, but we should be striving to do way, way more. And that's my, hopefully, a theme that you're getting over and over again is um, if you have a hobby, it needs to be one that makes money and changes culture. Um, and, um, and if you don't, then you probably need to spend less time on that hobby. Um, so start thinking like an owner today in your business, because what that's going to do is it's going to prepare you for when you do need to go start your own business. 
and it's going to make you exponentially more valuable to your employer today, right? Anytime you have an employee as an employer who actually is thinking like an owner, um, that is a very valuable person. You're going to get promotions at work. And what does it look like to think like an owner? Okay, I'm going to think through not just <clears throat> I was told to do this task, but I'm going to try and figure out, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? Is this a good investment for my employer? Is this a good investment? Is this going to change the lives of our customers? Is this going to change the lives of the people around me? So being able to think big picture and not just be focused myopically on the thing you're doing, that's how owners think. And when you think like an owner, um, you are going to be way more successful at work. Um, and so I, everything from, I would talk to my sales reps and say, look, when you're going on a business uh, meeting and you're taking people out to dinner, think like an owner. What's the return on investment for buying these people a great dinner? And if there isn't a return on investment, you need to think about it. Like, are you just having fun or are you actually trying to strive and accomplish something? When you start to see that mindset in your employees and when you start to have that mindset as an employee, um, it will differentiate you from everybody else because you're not just caring about you and your stuff. You're caring about what that business is trying to accomplish, how they're making money, um, et cetera. So think like an owner. Think like an owner today. And that way, when you are an owner, um, you've already um, been practicing for years, but you're going to be way more valuable as an employee and people are going to be looking to you. They're going to realize that you're a leader because you think like an owner um, where everybody else is just thinking like slaves. We are producers. We are not just consumers. And so start acting like it. Um, authority flows to those who take responsibility, right? Um, and we see that in the world. It's the way that God built the world. And it's really cool that we know the creator of the world. So we should know how God made the world. If you are willing to take responsibility at work, in your family, in your community, in your church, you're going to get authority, right? I've had lots of people over the years come to me and be like, you know, I would love that VP title, and then I'll just start really doing the thing. And I'm like, yep, why don't you do the thing, and then I'll think about giving you that VP title. So um, you need to start by taking responsibility. Take responsibility for the jobs that nobody else wants to do. So start by... Um, looking around at the trash that's on the ground and pick it up. Um, Logos, Matt Willings, you know, always says, leave it better than you found it. Nobody wants to do that stuff. Um, I, I like to tell people when I um, have started various businesses over the years, MZ um, is a good example. I had zero promotions, zero promotions, because it was me and two economists, and I was running it, and I built an entire organization underneath me. So I didn't have a promotion. Don't be thinking about promotions. When you think like an owner, when you think like someone who takes responsibility, um, you're going to get authority. You're just going to get so busy at work doing your stuff that you have to hire people under you to make you more productive, right? Um, that's a different way of thinking than, okay, I'm trying to go up the ladder and get promotions. Promotions aren't bad. I'm not trying to say you should avoid promotions, but I want you to think like an owner. Think like someone who's taking responsibility. When you're the person who says, I will do the job that nobody else wants to do, um, you do that consistently, and people will start to look to you as the person who has authority, who is the leader of the organization. Um, as Jerry says, guys are lazy, um, and everyone wants to change the world. Nobody wants to do the dishes. And so at work, <laughs> go do the dishes. Um, and, and not just metaphorically, but actually, like if there's a bunch of mugs in the sink, actually clean them up and put them away in the dishwasher or whatever um, the situation is at work. When you are the person who's like, I will do the work, I will die to self, I'm not above these jobs, you will be surprised. And I have seen this over and over and over again 
where men in the workplace who are willing to just say, I will do the work that no one wants to do. There's an angry customer who needs a phone call. I'd like to call them. I'd like to have that conversation. Um, we need to work late tonight because this needs to be accomplished. You know what? I'm going to take care of that so that somebody else can go home. I'm going to be the one who takes that responsibility on myself. And the way that God built the world is when you take responsibility, you get authority. It just works like that. It doesn't happen immediately, and it always happens slower than you want. So you're not going to get that authority right away. You're not going to get the promotion. You're not going to get the raise. Um, and because we're white males, we probably won't get that anyway because it's a woke corporation. But, um, but eventually it will work out, uh, work out for you. So I encourage you, um, take responsibility and authority will actually end up flowing to you. That's just how the world works. Um, and I want you to be thinking like that. So think like an owner, take responsibility. Another thing is lead by actually imposing biblical principles upon yourself whether your boss wants you to or not. Um, one of the things that I did as a manager is I said, look, uh, we wanna have a work environment that has no politics. Uh, politics are bad, we're gonna leave those at the door, so what does that look like? Um, no talking behind anybody's back. So if you have a problem with something, somebody, you go talk to them. Uh, I would tell my employees, if you come into my office and say, hey, I think you're doing something really stupid, and the company's gonna fail because you're doing a bad job, you might get a raise. Because I know I have blind spots, right? All of us have blind spots. And I would love someone who has the guts to come and just tell me, I think you're missing this. And so, um, you know, and not all bosses are like that, but, uh, but if you are that person who comes and just talks to me, you might get a raise out of that. If on the other hand, you come into my office and you say, you know, Rob over there, kind of driving me nuts. I don't know if I want to deal with him. Um, is there any way we could, you know, so you're talking behind his back. You might get fired. So if you have a problem with me and you come and talk to me, you might get a raise. If you have a problem with someone else and you come and talk to me, you might get fired, right? When you start to set down those rules in a workplace as an owner, as a manager, or just imposing them on yourself as an employee, you will also receive a position of, owner, of, of leadership in the company because people will be able to trust you because they know that you're not going to talk behind their back because if someone's talking to you about someone else, you know that they're comfortable talking about you to someone else, right? That's just how it works. And so I had a lot of times where someone would come in my office, they're like, you know, I'm really struggling with so-and-so over here. I'm like, great, if you can hold on a second, I'll be right back. And I'd go grab so-and-so and I'd bring him in the office and I'm like, hey, this person here has a problem with you and they really wanted to talk about it, so let's work it out right now. <clears throat> Guess how many times that happened after I did that? Never. <laughs> so, but that's the thing is you actually just need to deal with it. You need to lean into it. Um, and if you impose those rules on yourself, people will start to trust you. It won't happen day one, but all of a sudden you're the guy who never talks behind anyone's back, who always goes and has a frank conversation like a man um, to someone and says, hey, I'm seeing this this way. It looks like you're handling it this way. What am I missing? Right? When you actually treat people like adults and have a frank conversation with them, the leftists love to have politicians and managers do their dirty work for them. They're afraid to actually have a blunt conversation or they'll do it on Twitter. Right? Those are kind of their options. But the reality is that as Christians, we go and have a frank, good conversation with someone and deal with it you will be a leader at work, and you will be a leader that then it's going to be a lot harder for them to say, um, 
you know, they're a bad person and because they won't sign onto this pledge or whatever it is. Um, that's what we need to be doing as Christian men. We need to be holding ourselves to those standards and we need to be leading in those ways. And when you do that, it really will have an impact on how people see you at work um, and you will be able to grow as a leader in your work. And you're going to be practicing for when you need to go start your own thing. Um, also, you'll be practicing for dealing with your family, with your wife, with your kids, with your community. We need to be the people who are willing to have those awkward conversations. I've never seen a people situation get better with time if you just try and ignore it. It always gets worse. The thing that makes people situations better is an awkward conversation, right? Where you actually go and have a conversation with the person. It's never as awkward as you think it will be. Um, and you need to be a man and just have that awkward conversation. Employee after employee after employee that I've done this with um, is so grateful because then they know that if someone's talking behind their back, that, they're gonna, that that person's going to get called on it. You will find yourself way more productive because you're not walking on eggshells around anyone. Um, people will come to you because they'll know that you're willing to actually have that conversation, do the awkward thing, and you can practice awkward conversations. Like, it's really fun. Just, like, do it at church. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's great. Awkward conversations, it just takes a little bit of practice, but you're going to get good at it. Jerry's good at awkward conversations. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but no, really... That's how you lead it at, at your workplace. When you're willing to have those awkward conversations, you'd be surprised what an impact it will make in your position of leadership um, at the company. So um, those are the kind of things that you're going to do. If you do those things at work as an employee, you're practicing for when you're going to lead a company. You are building yourself as a leader in the business so that people are going to come to you. And we want to have spotless reputations, right? We want to be the Daniel of our workplace where the only thing they have against us is that we pray to, the, to our God, right? Um, and ask yourself an honest question, honest question. And do I have that reputation in the workplace? Or do I have a reputation of someone who's willing to talk behind someone's back? Am I a whiner at the workplace because the work is hard? Am I the type of person um, who does it 80% of the way but not 100% of the way because that last 20% is always the most difficult? Am I the type of person um, who doesn't take direct orders from my manager very well because, you know, doesn't he know all the things that I have going on in my life um, and I'm now a snowflake in the HR department whining about everything. If you're that type of person, when the moment comes when there's a line that you will not cross, you've lost the moral fortitude to be able to make that decision at that moment and you've lost the reputational fortitude to be able to do that. We want to be men who, like Daniel, the only thing they have against us is that we pray to our God three times a day, right? And you see what Daniel did? He didn't just go into his room and pray. He opened the windows and prayed, right? On the thing that we are fighting on, on the battle that we realize that we need to be going after, um, don't be afraid of that and know that you have done the spade work ahead of time to build your reputation um, and to know that you, your family is battle ready that you have a labor lawyer ready to go. Like, these are the things you need to do so that when that moment comes and they say, all right, um, you know, if you pray, you're going to get thrown in the lion's den, you can go open your windows and pray because you know you've done your work ahead of time. And that starts today um, and not um, just at that moment, right? Does that make sense? Um, <clears throat> also, be aware as you're going into these battles, 
um, you are all of a sudden in the workplace, um, things are going to get frothier for you. Um, it's amazing. When we, uh, Christ Church in Moscow, we started doing weekly communion, and it was amazing the amount of sin that all of a sudden started bubbling to the surface. When you start to be faithful, consistently faithful, when you are leading your wife, when you are trying to apply Christian principles at your workplace, um, just for yourself and be an example to the people around you. You don't have to try and foist your worldview on other people. Just live it out yourself, and it will have a huge impact. You will, it will start to get frothy. And you're going to find that people are going to start accusing you of the thing that they're trying to do to you. Right? They're going to accuse you of, oh, you're trying to push your worldview on us. No, I'm just living my worldview out, and I am going to be unflappable. You can't push me around. Right? And they're going to be, oh, right? You're going to get a lot of this when you start to actually be a faithful Christian. That is going to be very disturbing to the people in your workplace. So just be prepared for that. Um, and don't be surprised when it happens. And I'm excited when it happens uh, because what's going to happen is you're now going to be a lightning rod, uh, which is a good thing, uh, for your workplace. And people are going to start coming to you asking your advice and asking your input on things because they see that you're a happy warrior. You're willing to hold the line. You're not forcing this on anyone else. You're just being faithful in your workplace. But people are going to start accusing you of what they are actually trying to do to you. Everyone's always worried that the thing that they're uh, most keen to do is what everyone's trying to do to them. And so they're going to start accusing you of trying to push your worldview, your doctrine on them, even though they're trying to put people through DEI training and CRT training and ESG training, right? They're pushing their worldview on you. And the minute that you hold the line and say, you know what, I'm going to take a religious exemption to that DEI training because that's, I'm not comfortable doing that. The minute you do that, then all of a sudden they're going to accuse you of exactly what they're doing right now. So that's okay. Just be prepared for that. And it's going to be a great moment. Um, I would encourage you, if you go to redballoon.work, and here's my, it's not really an advertisement, but it's amazing. Um, the, uh, we have an employee bill of rights and responsibilities. Um, it was written by Laura the Labor Lawyer, which is just fun to say. Uh, Laura the Labor Lawyer is a 20-year labor lawyer in California, where she fought uh, for employee rights for conservatives and Christians for many years. She went to Harvard Law School um, and is flat out brilliant, and she now um, has moved to Moscow and goes to Christchurch. Um, and so she wrote this Employee Rights and Responsibilities, Bill of Rights and Responsibilities. It is a free resource. So if you're in a work environment and you're like, I need to know what my rights are. I need to be prepared. So like that VP of sales and HR department goes after you, you're like, oh, really? You're going to put your career on the line over this? And all of a sudden they're on their heels? The only way you can do that is if you've done your preparing work and you know your rights and responsibilities. So if you go to redballoon.work, you can download the employee rights and responsibilities. I think you have to put in an email address. Um, that's not going to hurt you. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Uh, and you can uh, share that so you can download it and then send it to all their, your friends if you want so they don't have to put in their email address. Um, do whatever you want. But, um, but I would encourage you, this is, this is a moment where you as men need to do something different than you've done before. We can't just wait for the woke tards to come after us. We need to be on the offensive. We need to be in a position where we are prepared. Our family is battle ready. We have our lawyers in place. And then when they come to you, um, you're not worried about it because you knew this was going to happen. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. Um, this is the moment that God has raised us up to, uh, to be in. Um, and uh, I will encourage you, um, you don't get a refund 
if there's anything left in the tank when you die. Okay? You don't get a refund if there's anything left in the tank when you die. You should be um, expending yourself for your family, for your community, for your work environment, for the people in your play it, around you, um, and you should do it with all your might. Uh, men are designed to fight, to be strong, to do it um, to the glory of God. And if we do that, think of the impact we're going to have when we do that, right? And this is where this is this is where you shouldn't feel overwhelmed by DC and. Ukraine and Ohio and all the things that are happening in the news. I'm just going to be faithful where I am today. I know I have a battle plan. I know I'm prepared. I've thought about it. My family's ready. Sign me up. I'm ready to go after this thing. And I think if we do that as men, we will have a deep, deep impact on culture. And it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Um, and you guys are in the belly of the beast here in Seattle. Um, and I think that's, that means it's a target-rich environment. Because if you're in the belly of the beast, you can just stab anywhere and you're going to get something. <laughs> right? So praise the Lord. Uh, are we in difficult times? Absolutely. Uh, but be a faithful employee. Be a faithful husband. Be a faithful father. Be a faithful church member. Be a good Christian. And God is going to do great things with you. I know this. And it's going to be awesome to watch. Those are the things I have to say. I'm actually really grateful for the opportunity to be here grateful for all you guys are doing, um, and I'm excited to see what the next couple of years hold, because um, God is going to use your work, um, and it's going to be super hard, and you should be grateful about that. Thank you.